Good morning, everyone. Um, cool. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's a video from guys from the Bible Project um, that we're going to use over the next few weeks to go into Advent. So it's yeah, not long till Christmas, um, and Advent is uh, sort of part of the Christian calendar some people celebrate, um, and it's the four Sundays before Christmas. So it's actually, it works out kind of cool this week, this year, it's the 1st of December, it's also the first Sunday, we've got four Sundays till Christmas. Um, and you might have seen as you came in just a little booklet on your um, chair, if you didn't get one there'll probably be some spares on chairs around the place, or there's some on the welcome desk outside. And this is just a devotional to help um, you, if you're interested, to just center and focus on um, preparing yourself for Christmas, because this is kind of an uh, important time in, in our calendar. It's an exciting time, um, but it also tends to be quite a hectic time uh, for a lot of people, and it's kind of these two things that are in contrast of like, well, this is actually time to reflect and celebrate Jesus and have joy and peace and, and hope and love. But on the other side, it seems like the calendar's packed full, there's so much to do, it's busy, it's stressful, everyone's racing, and it, like those two things don't really go together very well. And actually, if we don't do anything, the tendency is we're going to move to the crazy busy, that's like the pull, so we need to counteract it with something else. So this is just something that might help counteract that. Um, you could read these, one of these verses each day, pray through it, maybe write some prayers or journals, you can use it however you like. Um, so there's a paper copy. There's also, if you have um, the Bible app, there's a Bible app called Version. Some of you guys might have it. Um, you can look up Bible plans, and if you search Advent, you'll be able to find a Bible project Advent plan, um, and it's pretty similar to this. It's like, it's only slightly different. Um, so that's just something to sort of track through, and then they're going to be the, the sort of sermons for the next four weeks. We're going to talk about hope today, peace, joy, and love, and then we'll head into Christmas. Um, so, yeah, the, these it's, one tradition of Advent is to sort of look at these four um, words and, and um, things that we have in Jesus, and we're kind of, it's kind of strange, because we're trying to posture ourselves in anticipation of Christmas, but Jesus has already come, so we're also looking backwards, and then we're also looking forward to Jesus' second coming. So there's kind of this, like, looking forward in different ways while looking back and looking forward. And that, that's kind of where we're talking and, and thinking and the fact that he's come, but he's coming again. And how do we posture ourselves for his coming this Christmas, but also his coming again in the end. Um, so I'm going to pray and then, then we're going to talk about hope um, and just try and take it pretty simple and, and um, just going to look at mainly just one verse um, and sort of break it apart today. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you... Um, yeah, for this season, um, that's celebrated just by, yeah, our country, um, that's centered on you. God, would you help us to be people who are just aware of you this Christmas and ready for what you want to do and just in deeper awe and um, fill us with greater hope and peace and joy and love this Christmas, we pray. Um, and just today, God, would you speak through your word, um, reveal yourself to us by your spirit and just, yeah, do what you want to do in our hearts. We just pray this in your name. Amen. So we're going to look at other, other verses as well, but I kind of just, as a focus, um, have a look at Psalm 27, 14, the last verse in Psalm 27. And I, I really love this verse because it's just so simple and to the point. It's David speaking to people who are reading. In some ways, I think it's David speaking to himself. And he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And he has to say it again. 
and wait for the Lord. So my first point today is wait for the Lord. Because we don't really like waiting. <laughs> as soon as you say wait, it's not like, oh, that sounds great. Like, it's, it's, waiting is not something that we enjoy or like. Um, in some ways, the goal of a lot of life seems to be to remove as much waiting as possible, <laughs> like to make things quicker and faster and more efficient. And I think particularly in our culture where things are quick and, and instant and we have internet and stuff, it's almost like waiting is something that shouldn't exist. We shouldn't have to wait for things. Like we should get express posts, so it's here now. And we should be able to download something quickly or we should have the answer to something now. Like we shouldn't have to wait. Um, but it's a fact of life that there are things that aren't instant. There are things that need to be, um, just need patience, need time. Um, and in some ways, we're all waiting for certain things. Um, there's something that we're hoping for or, or looking for. We might not articulate it, but in ourselves, we sort of think, well, when we get to that, things will be good. Maybe when we get to the holidays, it will be good. When we get to retirement, it will be good. When we get through this difficult season, it will be good. When we get a bit more money, it will be good. Um, when we get through this problem, it will be good. We sort of wait or look in hope. For, for something. We're, we're looking to something. And in some ways, what we're waiting for, what we're looking for, is what we're placing our hope in. Um, and it's interesting, because there could be a whole lot of different things. Um, but the, the Bible and the story of the Bible is really clear that the only thing that actually we can hope in or have great confidence in is God. That we actually look and wait for other things, but they will ultimately let us down. Psalm 33, 16 to 17 says, No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. See, back then, people might say, well, if we just had a bigger army, it would be awesome. If we just had stronger horses, it would be awesome. And, and God looks and says, no, it's not. That's not the hope. Maybe it's us. If we just had more money, it would be awesome. If we just had better education, it would be awesome. But... No. If we just had better technology, it would be awesome. No. And we know because we wait for things in life, and we get them, and maybe it's good, but then there's something else. Or maybe it's not even, it just doesn't satisfy. It's, it's like, I thought when I got this, everything would be right, but, it, but it's not. It, it fails. Um, there, there's something more that's needed. Uh, so I guess we're sort of thinking about waiting and talking, and, and just trying to reflect as we do that. Well, what, what am I waiting for? What, what am I hoping in? What am I looking to? And with that, we often will look to God for, for that. Maybe we're actually praying and asking God to do something, and we want Him to give us something, or we're looking to Him. And that, that's, that's good. They're good things. But ultimately, it's not just the things that God gives us that we need, but we actually need Him. David actually says, don't just wait for things from God. Wait for the Lord. Wait for God. Andrew Murray says that this, seek not only the help, the gift. It's, not, it's good to seek help. It's good to seek things from God, but not only. He says thou need to seek himself. Wait for him. Give God his glory by resting in him, by trusting him fully, by waiting patiently for him. David says to himself, says to us, these Psalms, that video, said actually we're to be people who wait for God, actually for him for his presence, for his work in our lives, and ultimately for his coming again. 
for his work. Because sometimes we might think, okay, yeah, we need God, but actually if, if we just figured stuff out a bit better, it would be right. It's actually, no, <laughs> we need God. We need him to work. We need him to move. We actually look and wait for him. But again, that kind of might sound vague or like, well, how do we do that? Or, well, it just seems like almost a weak thing, like waiting. It just sounds like we sit around and do nothing. Uh, it sounds like it's uncertain what's going to happen. We're supposed to just wait. Like, that doesn't really sound that great. But it's interesting that Dave says, David says, Dave. <laughs> da- David says, wait for the Lord. <laughs> Dave, <I> wanna... <laughs> But the next line he says is, actually, be strong and take heart. We think, well, waiting doesn't sound like strength or courage. But he says, actually, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. We sort of might naturally think waiting is sitting on the couch, it's doing nothing. Waiting is being uncertain and unsure. And he says, no, waiting is active. Waiting is a position of strength. And waiting is not uncertain. It's actually a place of confidence. Um, Another um, Psalm 130 says, I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. This is a really active, looking, watching, waiting. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. That's such an active, strong position of confident waiting this psalmist describes and and he's in a desperate situation but he says my whole hope is in God I'm looking to God I'm actively waiting for him more than someone watching and waiting for the sun to rise like the people watching and waiting for the sun to rise are not unsure whether the sun's going to rise they're they're ready and they're looking and they're they're, they're confident They're, they're longing for it and this psalmist describes that as well it's this position of confidence that actually God is going to come God is going to work that he's faithful, he's come before, he'll come again, so we actually wait, not passive or not uncertain, but actually strong and confident. Um, This was from that video, Um, Tim Mackey was the um, Bible teacher speaking, he said, it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. And we kind of have that opportunity this Advent, We, we look back and realize that throughout much of the story of the Bible, people are waiting for God's Savior to come. They're waiting for a Messiah. They're waiting for a King. And at Christmas, we celebrate that actually He came. Actually, God came. God did what He said He would do. God fulfilled the promises that were made. God became a baby. He walked the earth. He came to His people. Like that, they, they, These people were waiting for that, and He fulfilled it. And we actually are in this position where we can look back And we can say, well, God did what he said he was going to do. He's faithful. And maybe we can look back in our lives and actually say, well, God has been faithful. He he, he fulfills his word. And then from that, we look forward and actually have confidence, well, if he came the first time, he's going to come the second time. It's not a question. It's a position of confidence and trust. We look back at his past faithfulness. Then we look forward and trust in him. It's It's his character. So it's not like... I'm not sure whether God will do what he said. That God is faithful. We can place confidence in that. Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. God has made promises. God speaks to us in his word. 
we can actually wait with confidence because we know who he is. So when we wait for the Lord, it's not this passive uncertain. It's actually a position of confidence and strength and, and looking and, and actually seeing that actually he's going to come, he's going to do what he said. We can wait with confidence. At the same time, though, we might sort of think, okay, well, that's good. Well, let's just get on with it. Like, okay, God's going to come. God's going to work. We're just going to make things happen. And I just love it because he just has to say it again and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He says, again, wait for the Lord. Like, we have to be told it again and again because it's a different posture. We're used to an active posture where we're just where we want to make things happen. There's a problem, we need to fix it. We need to, we need to work it out. And if we can't figure it, we can't work it out, well, there's no hope. <laughs> we give up. But this is actually different. It's actually, well, this is bigger than us, but God is God, and he's promised, so we wait. And again, that's not passive. There's still an activeness to that. But it's the, the weight of it and the confidence is not in us and our ability or our strength, or ability to make things happen, but in him. And therefore, actually requires patience. It's actually, well, God's going to come. God's going to fulfill his promise, but the timing's up to him. How he does, that's up to him. What that looks like's up to him. So we have to wait. Um, in Romans 8, it says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. That creation's longing to be redeemed and restored. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So I do that God has worked in us and saved us, but it's, it's not finished. There's still more that we long for, we wait for. He says, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. It's this, this interesting dynamic of actually having a confident hope allows us to be patient and wait. Because it's confident and sure, we can actually be patient and wait. Um, so we actually wait with confidence, but also with patience. These two things kind of go together. A posture is active waiting, but patient waiting. And actually, in some ways, that's what hope is in the Bible, that we, we are people who wait for God to move. And that could be in, in circumstances currently in our lives, in our communities. We, we need God to come. That's, that's the answer, God to work. But the ultimate thing we wait for is for Jesus to come back and for the whole earth to be renewed and restored, that he's going to do that. And that's actually the end goal that we wait for. We can wait for that with confidence, and with patience. These two things that go together. Because it might kind of naturally again go to one of them. Um, we might sort of just think, well, it should just happen now. Like, well, if, if, if Jesus is alive, if, if he's defeated evil, if he's the king, he should just come now. Like, or we should just, things should just be fixed now. Or God should just work now. And we kind of just are ready for it now. And people in the New Testament were kind of like that. They kind of thought, well, God's... Here, Jesus is here. The kingdom's here. It's going to be now. Like, we don't need to wait. Like, we're ready. And even the disciples are kind of like that. It says, look um, to Jesus, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
Like the disciples are ready. They, they want it to happen now. And there's, a, there's an aspect of it happening now, but not fully. Though we might also have the other temptation, where we sort of maybe think, well, God should move now, we shouldn't have to wait. And then go the other way and sort of think, well, nothing seems to be happening. It's been a long time since Jesus was here. Maybe he's not coming. Maybe God's not going to come. It sort of just seems like everything in life just sort of goes along like it goes along. And maybe this is, this is all there is and this is all it's, how it's always going to be. And maybe there's actually nothing really to look forward to. Maybe this is just kind of it. And maybe, maybe I don't even say that, but maybe we, sometimes we kind of act like that. Like, well, actually, it's, nothing's really going to change. It's just going to keep going. Um, Second Peter talks about people sort of saying this, like scoffing at believers and say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestor died, ancestors died, everything goes on as it has been since the beginning of creation. It's kind of like everything in life just sort of goes along, it goes along. The idea of God coming and restoring and renewing and saving, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, we can kind of sort of think, oh, that's just, that, that seems like crazy and not like something that's actually going to happen. And we say, well, maybe never. Um, but one, one author, Leslie Newbigin, says this, against both these temptations, so of saying it has to happen now or it's never going to happen, the New Testament warns us with its insistent call for a patient hope, a hope which is on the one hand confident and sure, an anchor of the soul, and on the other hand patient and enduring. So it's a confidence that he will come, but it's a patience that can wait. It doesn't have to be now. These are two sides of the same thing. Impatience is a sign of unbelief. Firm belief in the one who has promised will lead to patient endurance. Actually, if we can be confident that God will do what he said, there's a confident future, we can be patient and wait. So hope is that we wait for God with patience, confidence and patience. And this can be hard, because sometimes we can just be so focused now, or so just in life and in, in just what we're doing and, and caught up. The idea of thinking about the future and, and, or, or God coming back and God renewing and, and heaven and, and new creation just sounds like maybe far away. Um, but there's, there's real value in thinking that and actually having our posture and our mind aware of that. Um, this is kind of the time of year... Some, some of you guys probably went to um, school graduations or um, celebrations at the end of the year. It was, um, yeah, it was kind of special for me this year because when I started teaching at, at Mueller, I started in grade four, and the kids that I taught in grade four just graduated grade 12 um, this year. So I thought, oh, I need to go along and see them. Um, and actually, kind of was just busy and had a lot of stuff on, and last minute I was like, nah, I need to go. I just need to be there. And... Um, it was just a really powerful thing, and I, I actually really like graduations. Most people kind of just think they're boring, or like it's just a lot of people, a lot of names, a lot of clapping. And um, but there's something about graduations that speaks to me, and it and it did particularly at just seeing these kids, because when I was teaching them in grade four, you just you focus on grade four, like you just focus on each day and getting through it with kids, and and just managing things and getting to the end of the year and. And you're not thinking about the fact that one day they're going to graduate grade 12. Like, that actually this is all heading towards this end where they're actually finished and equipped and empowered and released into their lives and their careers. And, like, actually it's all heading towards something. Like, it's easy just to get caught up in the day or in the week or in the year. 
And then it's easy to sort of think, well, they're never going to change, or they're never going to grow, or nothing's going to happen. And, but then, then going and being there and actually seeing, well, I remember that kid when they are in grade four, and now they're finished, like they've graduated. Like, and actually I had a part to play in that, and now, now they've got to that thing. And, and I remember even when I was teaching, when I would go to graduations, it, it, there was something about it that was like, yeah, this, this is counting for something. Like, this is leading towards something. This is, this is building towards a finish or an, or an end goal. And, and there's just something about that that then makes me think, well, yeah, that's good, but that's just school. Like, we finish school and then go into life. But in some ways, there's going to be like an ultimate graduation or like an ultimate end goal that actually... We're living life, but it's not just a day or a week. Or, it's actually all heading somewhere. It's actually all leading to a certain point. And that day will come. And actually, when we keep that day in mind, it shapes how we live today and shapes how we, we, we serve and how we love. And it actually helps us to have confidence and actually helps us to have patience. Isaiah kind of talks a bit about this day. He, he talks about Jesus coming, and, and Jesus has come, but then there'll be the fullness of when he returns and renews everything. He talks about even how this will renew life and the earth and animals. He said, this is what it will be like. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion, the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. The young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Like, that's the future. That's going to happen. And, and if we keep that in our mind, that's like great hope. Like... I've just been thinking about this a lot more recently and just, it's this, I guess it's just hope or just like a confidence in God moving and renewing and just walking around the place and just sort of being like, one day this is going to be all renewed. Like, one day this is going to be completely transformed and heaven and earth will be here together and God will reconcile all things and everything's going to be healed and everything's going to be put right and actually everything's heading that direction and that's going to happen. It's, it's, it's a confident hope. And it's exciting to think about that. It's not an uncertain thing. It's, it's Jesus has come and he will come back and he will heal and renew and he'll be Lord and everything will be set right and it'll be awesome. And actually, we are people who get to wait for that. And we wait for it with confidence, but we also wait for it with patience. And we, we think and realize, actually, it's not all going to be fixed now. It's not all going to be right now. But we, we serve and we, we work and we pray and we, we, there, there is God's presence and his kingdom that does come now and we seek that now. But at the same time, looking for that day when it will come fully. So as we, as we sort of enter this Christmas season, it's, it's an opportunity to engage and, and let hope um, be renewed and rise up in us um, as we look at his coming, as we, we think about his coming and think that God fulfills his promises. He's come then, he will come again. We trust his faithfulness. We look to him. Because if we look at things, maybe our lives, maybe our community, maybe the world, like that video said, you look and maybe everything looks pretty bad. Like, or maybe everything looks like, well, it doesn't look like that picture of the future. It looks like it's going away from that. Um, and this is the idea that actually our hope, 
what we're looking for is not based on what we see, it's not based on circumstances, it's not trying to, based on trying to make the best of stuff, it's based on God. We wait for Him. It's a confidence in Him. Uh, just as a sort of finish, I, I, I've quoted Leslie Newbigin before. There's this quote by Nicky Gumbel, who said, Bishop Leslie Newbigin was once asked, are you an optimist or a pessimist? How do you approach life? You sort of look on the bright side, do you look on the bad side, how, how do you go about that? And his response was, he said, I'm neither. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. That's the hope. It's not we make the best of life, oh, actually everything looks bad. It's like, no, Jesus is alive. That's the hope. He's coming again. That's the hope. We actually look to that day with confidence and patience. So I'm going to pray and then, then we're going to sing um, and to finish and, and maybe, let's, maybe let's stand together and, and then... Um, Yeah, Father, we just thank you that you are faithful. Thank you, God, that we have a sure and steadfast hope. God, thank you that we can be people who are confident and patient even when nothing looks um, like what you've promised is happening. Um, God, we just ask that you would fill us with hope this Christmas. God, restore hope where it's been lost. God, just fill and, and bring healing to our hearts. And we just pray, God, that yeah, you would be the one that we see and look to and wait for, God. Fill us with patience and confidence. Uh, just lead us in your way, we pray. Amen.